the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Larry Weedy Kind. Hello, welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host today. My name is Heather Mosier. I'm the spiritual wellness director and the recovery support team lead at Matthew's Hope to Detox and Recovery Program. We're in downtown Houston, and I'll give you lots of information about the detox and the recovery program at the end of the show today. But first, let me introduce my special featured guest. It's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. Uh, this is my husband, Donnie. Welcome to the show, Donnie. Hi, thank you. Hi. Some, someday you might actually be a co-host. We'll, we'll see. The jury's still out. What do I have to work up to for that? Is that like <laughs> dishes five nights a week? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Let me think about it. Or so, just stop telling everybody how much housework I do. Well, no, it's fine. You keep telling everybody. It's fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> everybody I knows it. I got a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the topic of today's show, uh, we have kind of a loose topic and we'll see where we go with it. But I think that where we want to go with it is agnosticism versus spiritual connectivity. Like, in layman's terms, how do you know if you're connected to God or not? And is that even possible? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely possible. When I've been in self-will for who knows how many years, it's my default. Yeah. And so in the 12-step world, for any one of our listeners that are not in the 12-step world, uh, the 12-step world kind of has its own language, and sometimes we use certain words very specifically that the rest of the world would never uh, no, connect like, it. Like what? Like agnosticism. Mm. And so higher power. Right, higher power, different things like that. Insanity, Spirit craving. Spirit of the universe. So I want to focus on the twelve steps definition of what an agnostic is versus the world's definition of agnostic. So if you or the I secular view, the secular view. So if you or I were to look up in like Webster's dictionary, the definition of agnostic, which you could do on your phone real quick or whatever. But I think that it just basically means someone who doesn't necessarily believe or disbelieve in a God or a higher power. They're pretty neutral. They're like Switzerland. They're just living their life in a, in a secular, materialistic, three-dimensional way. Agnostic. What is the agnostic's definition according to Google? One who believes, uh, it's not, I would never Google. Well, whatever. Um, according to DuckDuckGo, which is the <laughs> safe, non-spying. That's not what I heard. I heard DuckDuckGo. Uh, agnostic is one who believes that it's impossible to know whether there is a God. Mm-hmm. Or one who is skeptical about the existence of God, but does not profess true atheism. And then the third, one who is doubtful or non-committal about something. Okay, so that's the way the world understands agnosticism, someone who's agnostic. That is not the 12-step world's or our literature's definition of agnosticism. And so that brings up confusion. Mm -hmm. So in the 12-step world, the definition of someone who is agnostic is someone who is living a self-directed life. Making all decisions based on what's in their head, how they think and how they feel, and not consulting a power outside of themselves. Right. It's someone who's living a self-directed life, not a spiritually directed life. Mm, So they're making decisions based on how they think or how they feel or what they desire or what they want or what they think they deserve, um, what you eat when you go to bed, what job you want, how many kids you're going to have, who you're going to marry. Like all of these life decisions, little and big, 
Certain people are either making them, every human is either making them in self of what they think is best for them versus spiritual direction of what they think God wants from them or for them. And so that is the 12-step world's understanding. I was so confused about that when I was new, newly sober, because there's a chapter titled We Agnostics in our literature, and I thought that that chapter must not apply to me because I'm not agnostic, and I didn't know that it did because I didn't understand what you guys in the 12-step world meant by agnostic. Well, it basically, it's a chapter for three kinds of people. You know, you have your believer, mm -hmm. uh, your religious person. You have your, um, I didn't grow up with anything, don't know anything about God, don't care, like this just kind of free, free-willy person. And then you have the atheist, the, atheist, the anti-religion. Right. I love the chapter because at first glance, based on the title, I thought that that chapter was going to be for, quote, regular agnostics or atheists and not for believers. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, this doesn't, doesn't apply to me at all because I already have faith. I already grew up with a religion. I already have belief system. I already have a conception of God. And so luckily I had a really great sponsor that, number one, told me what the 12-step definition of agnostic was. And then she pointed out chunks of that chapter that were laying the groundwork to help me see that even though I was a believer, quote believer, um, I was living an agnostic lifestyle. Right, because you have the believer that believes in God, has a religious idea. But they don't live it. Right. They only follow what they want to do, how they want to mm -hmm. do it, their own thoughts and feelings. And then you have the atheist who absolutely doesn't believe in God or religion and still follows what they want. And then you have the atheist who doesn't really know or care about God but does what they want to do. So they're all three the same, in essence. In essence, because basically what the chapter culminates is that every person trying to get sober, every newcomer to the fellowship is agnostic, whether they know it or not. And why do they? Why does this matter? So we're, we're in, you know, we're talking about the chapter in our literature called We Agnostics, where <clears throat> it's basically asking me to lay aside prejudice. It's asking me to be open to the idea of a power greater than me. Why is that important? Well, it's important because if I'm a powerless alcoholic or I'm a powerless drug addict, I need to get connected to power so that I can stay sober. And living a life in self-will is what blocks me off from the power. Right, because what we learned in step one was that I have an allergy of the of the body mm -hmm. where I put this alcohol in me and I can't stop, or this drug in me, I can't stop. And I have this obsession of the mind that keeps telling me to put it in, even though it's causing nothing but trouble. Right, insanity. Um, and, and so there's a truth around step one that says, look, no matter how hard you try or what you do, you're a thousand percent guaranteed to drink again. So right. it's like you're going to need something outside yourself. And that's the, the culmination of the understanding of, of step one, what it means to be a powerless alcoholic or a powerless or chronic drug addict, same thing. Um, it's the fact that I have those two symptoms of the body and of the mind. I have no choice and I have no control. It means I'm guaranteed to get loaded. Heather will never be able to keep Heather sober for the rest of my life. If someone can stay sober for good and all based on like your motivation, your willpower, consequences, consequences whatever. your family, Family, cool, you're not yeah. chronic. You don't need to do the 12 steps, yeah. right? But let's take a quick break. I'm enjoying this conversation. Let's take a quick break and we'll dive right back into We Agnostics.
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. My name is Heather Mosier. My guest today, my featured guest, my husband, Donnie, my sidekick. Howdy. Uh, we're talking about agnosticism versus spiritual fitness, I guess you could say, um, because that's the whole point of the 12 steps, FYI, for anyone who doesn't know. People come to the 12-step fellowship because they are trying to figure out how to stay sober because they can't. Um, but once you're around for a minute, you find out that if you're powerless, you have to work these 12 steps. And the whole purpose is to get connected to the power you don't have so that this power can keep you sober. But this is a lot more than faith or belief, right? The book says that faith alone is insufficient. So one thing that really blew my mind when my sponsor was taking me through this literature was A, that I was agnostic and didn't know it. Because let me give some real life examples. When I say living in self or making decisions based in self, I wasn't consulting God or any spiritual direction when I chose to get married both times before you, <laughs> right? Right, and they were clearly bad decisions. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought I was seeking happiness. I thought they were good for me at the time. I wasn't consulting you know, God or a spiritual direction when I chose when to have children or where to work or what time I went to sleep or when I, if I went to church or not or what job I had or not or how I treated my, my family or my parents. I, I wasn't seeking any spiritual compass or guidance on any of these things. Well, it's funny that all three of these people are clearly different. They really are, right? You have the believer, the anti-believer, and the I don't really care. Neutral. Mm-hmm. And they're all exacting. They're acting exactly, exactly the, same. the same, whether they know it or not. Right. And you find it in church. Well, yep. We go to church. Um, and you find there's the the Sunday worshiper, right? They come in on Sunday, they sit for their hour, and they go back home, and they're not consulting God on anything. Right. They're just living in self-will. And then, you know, in the fellowship, it's the same thing. You, oh, yeah. have, you have the people that are like, I got this connection and I'm good. and But you watch them and you're going, really? Yeah, you're <laughs> really? not connected at all. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's dissect that. Dissect that for a minute. I think that, you know, anytime you want to really like shut a meeting down, if you got to bring a topic, bring the topic on step six and seven. Always works. Always works. People have no clue how to share on that because it's all about me as a defective human and me seeking God's power to overcome it. And so in a real simple layman's terms, it's character defects versus character assets. So it's really easy to tell if I or you or someone around you, loved one, is connected to God or not. It it will be very self-evident by the way that they live their life and the Mm -hmm. way that they treat you. And so in a simple... And it's a weird thing too that, and you and I have talked about this, when I'm around people that say, and I'm quote finger in the air, say that they're connected to God, it's a weird thing because if you're truly connected you to can God, feel it. oh, it's weird, right? Mm-hmm. You can literally feel if somebody That's is. That's that not. sixth sense that doesn't exist yeah. in this three dimension, uh, you know, time, matter, space. It's something separate than that. I truly believe that. But, you know, for instance, in Heather's My Old Life, you can look at what oozes out of me, right? What oozed out of me was like being boastful or being arrogant or being aggressive or being, you know, being a victim, blaming others, uh, being a hypocrite, to lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating. There, there's all sorts. I was disrespectful. I was enabling. There's all these character defects. That does not sound like a good time. It wasn't a good time. It didn't Daddy, sound like a good time. Ask my family <laughs> <laughs> that had to put up with me. Um, all the while, me saying, oh, I believe in God or taking my, my kids to church. And that person you're describing, by the way, that religious person that you're describing 
has done more harm in this world, mm-hmm. right? Because that's sort of a, an archetype. That's a, I don't know if archetype is the right word, but that's probably a not I'm type. Gonna... <laughs> well, listen, I'm not the word destroyer here. While listen. I'm talking, you can look up archetype and test me. But um, it is a certain type of person that says one thing and does another. Mm-hmm. That is supposed to be living a certain spiritual life, but kind of breaks all the rules, judging others. Yeah, envying. Uh, you right. know, faithless. Maybe they exaggerate the truth. Maybe they're cynical. Maybe they're very cr- critical of others. Maybe they're jealous. And they cause like, people like us, or at least like me, to condemn the whole forest. Yeah, because of some of the, the ugly ugliness trees. of a tree, right. right? And so when we look at that in context, I wasn't aware how defective I was as a human until I'd gone through the step work process and mm-hmm. had that truth, you know, brutally shown to me. And I was like, oh my God, that's who I am. Like on my own power, this is what I do. And so I really think, in general, maybe all humans, but particularly sick drug addicts and alcoholics, are painfully unaware of themselves. So if we have a a listener to the show (laughs) that's in active addiction, I promise you, you're painfully unaware of yourself. And if you're a loved one of someone who's in active addiction or or alcoholism, I promise they have no clue how they're really behaving. They're oblivious to what is coming out of them on a daily basis. Bubble of one. It's like trying to explain water to a fish. And so, like, let's use perfectionism as an example. That's a very common. You you picking on me right now? Uh, No, I think that you're pretty good on that. But that's a very common character defect that we'll replay over and over and over again. And it's like, I'm going to... Isn't it weird to you that alcoholics and drug addicts, (laughs) the people that are like the dredges, like us, dredges of society, like (laughs) thieves, liars, do anything to get that drug or that drink, and yet we're perfectionists somehow. It's the weirdest thing ever. (laughs) It really is. But I think that it comes from a place of, of... pride and ego issues, right? Mm-hmm. You can always kind of culminate all character defects down to like the main four. But, and esteem and stuff like that. Right. So like self-esteem, uh, pride and ego. So my ego is like what I think of me, mm-hmm. but my pride is what I think you think of me. And that's the one that matters. That's the one that really, you know, cooks your chicken or whatever you want to say, because it's like, I want you to have a certain opinion of me. I want the world. I want my family. I want to enjoy a certain reputation, but I know in my heart I don't really deserve it because that's not really me. And so I'm going to go overboard with the perfectionism to try to show my value to others so that Mm -hmm. they'll believe how valuable I am. Right. That's where that um, whitewashed sepulcher, right? (laughs) That's where that idea of a whitewashed tomb or the idea that on the outside I'm doing everything to impress you and show you that I'm, I'm doing right. But on the inside, where it matters, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing what's right. Right. And I think that, so we look at the opposite of perfectionism, and that would be someone who's realistic. Mm-hmm. Right? Humans are fallible. There's no perfect human. And, and the other thing about perfectionism that, that's great is that I'm a perfectionist. Everything has to look perfect, even though I may not have done it perfect. I can't live up to the perfection bar, but you better. But you better. So that's the unrealistic expectations on the world around you. Mm, yeah. Super common character defect that repeats all the time is having unrealistic expectations. I uh, want my mom to be a certain kind of mom to me while I'm not being a great mom to my children <laughs> due right. to my addiction, right? It's like right. I'm a hypocrite and I have unrealistic expectations. Here's what we can go on and on, on about list of different character defects and how they come out. Or sins. Or sins. But the point is, is if that's what's coming out of you or me, then by proxy you're not connected to God because that's not from God. 
That mm. is that is not godly. It's not godly to have unrealistic expectations. It's not godly to blame or criticize others. It's not godly to be a hypocrite. It's not godly to always have you know self pity. Those aren't from God. That's human nature. That's right. the faultiness of our human condition. But the beauty of it is it gives us a reason to seek God. And just so that people don't flip the channel uh, before we get too far. <laughs> Why would they flip the channel? Because we're just talking about God, 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 and not everybody believes in God or our God or whatever. So what do we mean when we talk about God? Uh, I mean a power greater than yourself. I mean like good orderly what direction. Be? What could that be? We've talked. We've had. We have lots of friends. Yeah, in it doesn't the have to be religious. When I say spiritual or God, what I'm meaning is, you know, uh, the positive energy in the universe, whatever that is. Whatever it is to you, whatever it is, if it's religious, if it's not religious, if it's Mother Nature, if it mm-hmm. is the universe, if it's yeah. Because everybody does believe, deep down within them, some sort of positive energy in the world because every human believes in in good or evil. That exists. You can see that. Mm -hmm. And so when you kind of, when someone says the word God, there might be this, you know, uh, antagonism that comes up. A lot of people block it, yeah. That block it because they connotate it to a certain religion that they've... Or they're prejudiced. Or they're prejudiced, right? They're preconceived ideas based in bias, not experience. Mm -hmm. But once you experience getting connected to this power, then you know that you know that you know, and it's a whole different ballgame. But I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. (laughs) Let's talk about that when we come back, you know prejudice in the coming to believe or in awesome. how do we beat the agnosticism through the and beat prejudice yeah let's talk about that let's take a quick break you're listening to relevant recovery radio don't go anywhere we'll be right back Listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host Heather Mosier. Sidekick Donnie's here today. Did you say sidekick? Side, sidekick, you're like really my side. You're like my arm candy. How? How did I go back? You're like jewelry. I'll wear f- you. I'm a featured guest. <laughs> but we're talking about the difference between self-will versus God's will, or self-directed life versus a spiritually directed life. We're talking about someone who's agnostic, someone who's living their life for them. And I want to hit on something you said earlier, because you were telling us what God is not. That's not specific. We're not divining it. And Well, and here's the thing. I think this is a universal idea, that God is love. I think almost every person on the planet could agree with that. You're going to have some really hardcore prejudiced people, but... When you do, when you talk about that, there's a, a line or there's a, a some verses in a book, right, that say, "Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs." That's a hard one. Because you're a grudge holder. I am a grudge holder. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's a good gauge. That's a good gauge of, of what we're talking about. I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares what the people are? And I've sponsored plenty of atheists um, that don't identify with any sort of religion at all. And so I let them come up with whatever uh, I, conception or, or word they're okay with using. Usually mm-hmm. it'll be like energy or positive energy. Let's But let's, let's talk about exactly what you just said they can come up with whatever they want right this is a problem this was my problem when i got sober i was as atheist as they come Mm -hmm. i didn't want to hear the word god i wouldn't say the word god i wanted nothing to do with any of that stuff right um 
In fact, when I joined the fellowship and I got sober, I would not, you know, at the end of a lot of meetings, they say the Lord's Prayer. I wouldn't do it. I didn't do it for seven, eight, nine months. I would just stand quietly because I wasn't taking part in y'all's pagan worship or whatever <laughs> I thought it was. And what I was really doing is, you know, you were in order, blocking yourself off from having the experience. I was so prejudiced. Mm-hmm. I was so prejudiced because there's a there's a line in our literature that says, you know, the truth is we never tried. Yeah. And that's it. I was so prejudiced that I threw up this roadblock that said, God has a white robe and a white beard and he's He's in the sky, just, you know, above the white church. (laughs) I always picture like the white country church with like the steeple and Hmm. um, and he's part of that religion that judges and condemns me. Yeah. And so I want no part of that. And what I really did was blocked myself from a real spiritual experience. Right. Instead of saying, okay, there has to be a power out there. We know this. Like, you really do have to be blocking pretty hard to not admit there's something. To deny. I mean, if you look at, you know, a fingerprint or DNA structure or the way that the stars at night, like the evidence of a power is written all over the world and inside each one of us. How about this, right? Um, They have almost mapped the entire human brain. Mm-hmm. They know what does what, where it comes from. They haven't figured out how, but they always skip over that. They have no clue where your soul is housed or or how your consciousness works. They've never answered it, and I believe probably never will, mm-hmm. because that is not in the three-dimensional world. It's a I think Ray Kurzweil is working on that. We'll see if he can upload AI. But it's a spiritual idea that everybody <laughs> wants to argue with. They want to argue yeah. with this thing because of their prejudice. So everyone has prejudice. Everyone. So if you're listening, you have a prejudice too. Let's oh, fi- yeah. let's figure out what it is. And so you already have ideas attached to what you think religion is versus what you think God is or spiritual. Everybody does. And so one of the most common ones that you'll see in the 12-step world is people want to reject the religion of their parents or the religion of their mm, childhood. Especially Catholics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. Really. They're, they're like... And so, like, so that's a common prejudice. Now, mine was reverse prejudice. When I came into the 12-step world, I had... Uh, so much arrogance and self-righteousness that I I thought you, 12-step people, could teach me nothing about God. I studied doctrine and theology for many years, and I grew up in the church. So Now, uh, is a week-long meth binge reading I, <laughs> about Revelation, is that so theological study? So you always make a joke to me. I don't understand why. I didn't study <laughs> doctrine and theology while I was high. That was two different times. Oh, this was more conspiracy theory. I studied conspiracy theories when I was on Adderall, yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and Allison Chain's facts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, but no, no, when I was sober all those years, uh, before my children all that, mm-hmm. and when I, my babies were little, um, I, I, and I grew up in the church, I was really obsessed with trying to find the right denomination. Right. And so I studied all this denomination and all this. And so what I understand today, a couple of things, is you people in the 12-step world— Somehow y'all were staying sober and I wasn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somehow y'all were connected to power that I seem to not have. Well, that's the beauty. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? It's not a beauty. I, I don't want to take pleasure in others' uh, pain and suffering. But I will say <clears throat> that once I beat this prejudice, and, and by beating it, all I mean is that I just said, you know what? Maybe I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe I'm just going to be willing to let God show up however God shows up. Because that's ultimately the thing. Like, for anyone listening or any potential future 12-step person that might need to come, like, we're not here at all to debate what the power is. Jesus. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's just not you're doing it on the radio show because we're not in a meeting but you're not allowed to do that in meeting <laughs> right right you're not allowed to do that through sponsorship your, your sponsor and your meetings should not be it, it even says it's it's impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend this power but much to our relief we discovered we don't even need to consider anyone else's conception nope. of god your own conception however inadequate is sufficient to make the approach right and so you but have we always get so caught up in it i gotta label it i gotta so yeah. at the end of the day look at your experience are you suffering and drowning in drug addiction or alcoholism or, or are you able to solve your own problem? If so, freaking solve it. And or, if not, maybe you, you should consider you don't know everything. Or are you sitting there miserable and your life is a wreck and you're pointing the finger at religious people or people that believe in God condemning them while they are pretty much peaceful? Stable, useful, happy. <laughs> <laughs> they have a logical idea of what life is about. Right? Like Things are going well for them, but I'm going to sit here in my chair of disgust pointing the finger. While you're drinking. Well, I can't stay sober. Yeah. I'm unhappy. Depressed. All anxiety. my relationships are garbage. Yep. The yeah. wife or the husband's on your back. And I'm, I'm in a prison that I made myself with my own prejudice, it's and I won't let myself out. This old ideas that don't serve you any good that you fight tooth and nail before you'll let go of. And right. I, I had to be a chronic relapser. Uh, living in a storage unit at my last little spree or binge, right? Like, uh, That sounds like a swaggy pad. <laughs> it wasn't. It was horrible. And I was living in a storage unit in Texas in August in 2016, and which you know, but maybe our listeners don't know how far down the scale I went um, before I was willing to say, maybe I don't know anything about being connected. So that's mm-hmm. the other prejudice I want to tackle. I see it all the time. People who come to the 12-step world or they come to the detox or whatever and they they say that they're you know willing and they want to be sober but when i start trying to explain that you got to work these steps to get connected to power they're like no 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 you don't know my relationship with god i'm already connected to god listen i could float off the ground right now i'm so spiritual yeah so spiritual no but my point is i know we're making light of it but the point is is no you're not Correct. If you knew how to apply your faith, you wouldn't be drinking or doing drugs. And so the person who's really religious is like, these steps make no sense. Yeah. But then me, the atheist, said the same thing. These steps make, make no, no sense. sense. And that's the paradox. That's the paradox. I come in and I think that I need to focus on my relationships, my job, my money, use housing, of money, everything. Legal right? issues. And they're like, no. Nope. Work these steps. God will do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then I need, okay, what do I need? I need to get a Sherpa. I need to head up in the nearest mountain. And <laughs> I need to align my chakras every 30 minutes. Right. I don't know. What is spirituality? And they're like, no. No. Do these steps. Because when and I I'm was. And I'm like, but. And they're like, no, no. no. Do, do these steps. steps. It's real simple. When I was in treatment the last time, I understood that a connection to a higher power was going to make or break my sobriety. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have power. And so I'm going around everywhere asking everyone that worked there. How do you get God? How do you, how do you, get, find how do you God? get connected to God? How do you how do you get spiritually fit? How, how do you how do you? And they're all talking about these steps. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what else? I I remember sitting in a Denny's with my buddy Matt until literally three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. We both got to work the next day, and he's just explaining to me how simple this is and how complicated I'm making it. Mm-hmm. He's like. Just do the steps, it'll come. And I'm like, yeah, 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 but how? How do I make it come? What do I do? Because I didn't understand why writing resentment inventory or talking to someone about my sex conduct over my whole life Mm -hmm. or making a... I didn't understand why this had anything to do with becoming a spiritual person. And it has to do with, I have to have a mustard seed of faith to leave my own thinking, Mm -hmm. do those steps, and just be open to an experience, that is terrifying. 
And so what I want our listeners to know or any, you know, 12-steppers, here's the thing about this. This isn't a religious program. This is simply Jesus. a spiritual program. <laughs> but, as says the ex-atheist, right? Yeah. But the beauty is of is this. We are not here to define what the power is. We have a definition of our own. Right. Everybody Jesus. has their individual conception, but this is not a fa- not at all about de- defining divinity. No. This is about you work the 12 steps so that you can have your own individual internal experience with this power, whatever it is. And we know people is. that are Hindu, Muslim, Jewish, Muslim. I mean, they're all everything. connected. And so... They're uh, all connected. They- they're all sober. It, it, the process works for anybody. Yeah. No. And so I just want to give people... Except for the people that think that a doorknob or a chair is God. Those oh, people 30, really suffer. Okay. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. And then when we come <laughs> back, we'll talk about that maybe <laughs> without offending everybody. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Heather Mosier, guest, Donnie. Maximum host, Donnie <laughs> Mosier. Okay. So we're talking about spiritual connectivity. Senior host. Versus, because you're elderly? No. no. Oh, I misunderstood. No. <laughs> Senior VP host. <laughs> um, we're talking about agnosticism. And here, I just want to say this. So what's really interesting that I notice in the 12-step world, real common, is someone who'll have a lot of time sober, mm-hmm. but be very unhappy in their sobriety. Mm-hmm. I see it a lot. And what I come to find out once I get close to them is they still have a specific prejudice against, quote, air quote, that God. Mm-hmm. Whatever that God is. Mm-hmm. They're like, they'll say the word. They'll say, I'm willing to believe, just not that God. Whatever and, that is. And how well have you been working the steps when the 10-step talks about a position of neutrality, neutrality. fighting nothing? So what the whole goal is to be internally neutral to these ideas right and that guy is the same guy that we have heard it we've heard it in rehabs that we've spoken or taught in or whatever we've heard it all over like your god can be anything it can be like a doorknob <laughs> so i just want to say chair. so that's what's really sad about the watered down aspect of the 12-step world yeah because there's nothing in our literature that says you get to create god First of all, yeah. so do the doorknob in a minute, but first of all, they're saying that you can believe in whatever conception makes sense to you, but we are not making a list of of traits that I'm choosing that my God will have. We're talking about something real here, not something something I just made up in my construction paper head. If I could create God, then I don't need the power. I already have the power because I am the power, and so this whole thing is nil. So A, you do not get to create God that you want out of thin air. It just has to be a conception you can get down with, but Sometimes we'll see like the doorknob stuff. Like stop being so prejudiced that you minimize God down to something stupid like a doorknob with no power. And I've even heard of the spaghetti noodle monster one. There's like this whole book and there's these whole meetings about, you know, the fellowship that wants to pray to the spaghetti noodle monster. And And instead of saying amen, they say ramen. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm serious. I want to get up and just stomp my V right now. And so what I'm saying, though, is that how sad, how... How egotistical and prideful and arrogant to it that my intellect and reasoning 
is so great that I have figured out the universe. And I'm going to minimize the power down to a doorknob so that I can right. be superior. And science hasn't figured out the soul or consciousness, but I know that I have the answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I can't stop drinking. But right. I know that the doorknob is God. I'm unhappy, right? <laughs> My family hates me, but I know the right answer. And so that's that's the painful experience of trying to like go through this and have your own experience because in the 12-step world, we all got to be patient, loving, and tolerant, no matter where anybody mm-hmm. is on that journey. And and it's really sad to watch someone internally struggle with their prejudice that they won't let go of, mm-hmm. and they keep relapsing, and they keep calling you, and they keep wanting help, and they don't understand why they're relapsing. But it's very clear. You're, you're completely blocked off to spiritual terms or spiritual ideas due to your own God of your own mind, your own reasoning, your own intellect that you think is superior. The people that we're speaking to right now might hear the frustration in our voice. Yeah. Because I want for them what I've been given. Right. I know. I, I know. want them to be free from chronic alcoholism people and drug addiction. People were really frustrated with me. It took me 18 months. I'm frustrated months. with you every day. Well, they were a different reason. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, it took me 18 months to be able to like really be comfortable and say I believe in God. Yeah. But all it really was was me letting loose the grip mm-hmm. on these prejudices and ideas and beliefs that I had built throughout my life. And so I think that like everybody has prejudices, and it was about me going on a journey to figure out what mine were. So I could try to lay them aside to have a new internal okay. experience. And with did the power. you just decide to let them go, or did it happen by proxy of working the steps? It happened by proxy of surrendering to the steps. Yep. And I mean, it's the way it always seems to go. Like not just steps one through eleven, yeah. but all twelve, and helping so other people. At the end of the day, what I found out is I didn't have to figure any of that crap out. All I had to do was work the steps, and then my sponsor gives me this list of how defective I am. <laughs> and I find out... How many pages was it? No, no, it's just one page, Donnie. You need a better sponsor. So listen, I get this list of my character defects for step six, and I'm supposed to do these, this prayer for step seven on every single one of these defects. And How and many it, days did it take? It was a painful experience because I'm really begging God to take these things from me. I didn't know that that was me. I was unaware of myself. And I thought... Oh my God, that's who I am in the world. That's mm-hmm. how other people see me. And it was like my pride was just leveled. Dude, the problem is dude, that our leveled. pride grows back so fast. And so my sponsor, my first one, wrote this little note at the top of the page that mm. says, This is not who you are. This is your human defaults. They crop up at times. And you need God's power to remove any of them. I was going to say, it should say, this is who you are without God. Right. It says at times because the human default. But but it says you need God's power to remove them because that's another thing that our so, literature teaches is that I don't have the power to stop drugs or alcohol from entering my body. But I also don't have the power to just decide to have no character defects and be a good person. I need a spiritual compass for any of that. So you got to a place in your in the program. Right. Where you're like, okay, I'm willing to surrender. I want to see this God thing through. I want to see what happens. How did you start to know? Like, how do you know when you're becoming connected to God? Because to me, I thought it was like this, like the force. I thought I would become like Luke Skywalker. (laughs) The force with you. Yeah. So really, it's simple. And if anyone's listening to listen to a few podcasts of ours ago, I shared the ice cube story. I won't go into that ice cube, but 
in little ways. I knew I was finally getting connected to God when character assets were coming out of me that weren't normally me. Like I honored my curfew or I did my chores on time and sober living or I didn't gossip when I wanted to gossip about that girl I don't like or I paid my bills and I paid my rent and I or when I was honest. But let's talk about the microcosm of what happened. Okay, so the story you told is how you dropped an ice cube on the floor and your typical is just like to kick it under the my fridge. Human Everybody instinct, does that, by the way. My right? self-will human instinct is to kick the cube under the fridge. Okay, so why didn't you? Simple answer. Something in my gut stopped me and said, pick it up and put it in the sink. See, the same thing happened to me yesterday, right? I had this, I had spilled, I was getting a glass of water and I spilled some on the counter. Mm-hmm. My default is just to leave it and move on about my day, but I get that, is that little. Why the counters are always wet. No, I I, I always wipe them. Up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But yeah, but you have this. Um, it's like a instinct. little nudge mm-hmm. inside your chest in yeah. my soul that says, "Pick it up, pick it up, clean it w- up, wipe it off, do what's right." And so that's what we're talking about. I hear a lot of people say that their higher power never talks to them, or God's never talked to them. We're not talking about an audible hallucination here. Okay, so a little PSA. <laughs> If God is talking to you loud. in an audible voice that only you can hear, you may need to seek other help. <laughs> but I'm saying that it's an internal thing. It's an internal conviction. So here's how you like know. You, like you just know. It's literally like soul speak. I don't I don't know how to explain it's it, right but you know. It's right from wrong conviction. So like, let's say you're putting your shopping cart up at the parking lot at the HEB, uh, you know, instead of just leaving it next to your car. Well, I... I <laughs> oh, the, I just want to bring the purge into into reality for those <laughs> people. So, like, you instinctively know that the right thing to do is go put the shopping cart in the in the trailer thingy, whatever right. corral. But, but some people also, just leave it. There's other things too that when we open ourselves up, mm-hmm. when we start seeking this power, when we start getting close to this power, we step out of the darkness that we're living in and bring it and to the through light. the steps we step into the light and we get this connection and you get the power to be different to put the but I start. Cart. I start getting that spiritual nudge in all aspects of my life. All aspects. All aspects. So it's it's so funny how before this process, before the step work, I didn't have the ability to honor my sober house's curfew or do my chores on time. I was always at war with the rules and getting kicked out or getting put on restriction. And life just seems so hard. So if you're listening and life just seems overwhelming or or hard, it's because you lack power in your life for it to be any different. And the beauty is, is that I don't have to work as hard as everybody else because I'm not in the results game. I'm connected to a power that does all the hard work for me. So I do these 12 steps and I get connected to power and all of a sudden following the rules was easy. Yeah. And, and doing the right thing was easy. And so at the end of the day, if character assets, the goodness of what godly characteristics are is coming out of me, that's how I know that and I'm connected it, to God spiritually and I'm not living an agnostic lifestyle anymore. And isn't it weird that the simple 12 steps led me from a militant atheist to a Christian? How amazing. So I've enjoyed this a lot today. I hope that our audience has benefited from this talk and I hope your brain is spinning its wheels trying to think about how agnosticism might be effective in your life versus spiritual direction. If you need information about Matthew's Hope, visit our website, matthewshope.org or 844-263-4673. Thank you.